Hi, this is Steve Addison for the Movements Podcast. The podcast for people who want to multiply disciples and churches everywhere. Today you'll hear from John McGinley in Leicester and Russell Godwood in Essex as they report in on getting started with multiplying disciples and churches in Britain. We have uh, 20 missional communities uh, at Holy Trinity Leicester, across the city of Leicester. Two years ago, I asked them, uh, the missional community leaders in the core groups, um, so about 100 people, how many of you have shared your faith, prayed for somebody, or shared the gospel, um, or your story with somebody who isn't a Christian in the last year? Under 20%. So these are the keenies. These are the people leading our missional communities. And under 20% had actually shared something with another person who's not yet a Christian. I could have wept. And so we've been on a journey since then of teaching and training. I first met Steve and Michelle at a day they came to do for New Wine um, at Holy Trinity. Then we had them come and train our missional community leaders at, at one of our learning communities that we host every six months for them. Then they came and did a Friday night and a Saturday of following and fishing, all this stuff. Um, then, and then we then went on mission and they invited some guys over from overseas to join us. We invited other churches to join us. And about 80 people went out and uh, knocked on 1,500 doors and offered to pray for people. And from that... Uh, 500 homes opened their door and said, yeah, please pray for me. So that broke in us the lie that nobody's interested. We live under those lies. That actually if I try this, nobody will say yes. It is a lie of the enemy. It also broke the lie that you become offensive if you try to initiate a conversation about God. Um, There was, I think it was one or two who got cross. It's one or two out of 1,500 The rest just said, no, sorry, busy, bathing the kids, got to go out, whatever it is. And there was no offence. So we broke that lie. And where we are now is we asked our missional community leaders, how many of you shared in the the last six months? And over 80% of them had. So we've gone from under 20% to over 80%. And so that's transitioning uh, the culture. But we, we've done this over a number of years. Alongside that, we've given opportunities for people to, uh, to, to go out on the streets just on a Saturday morning. It's a really easy structure. Uh, you do an hour of basic training, an hour out on the streets, and then half an hour of debrief. Two and a half hours, every now and again, and you just say, who'd like to come? And we've done that five or six times. On a Sunday morning, we say uh, to people, do you want to go prayer walking? And uh, we, we send out teams of about eight pairs for anybody that wants to go prayer walking every now and again on a Sunday. Um, we're just looking for opportunities to reinforce this at any opportunity. In our missional communities, uh, we now encourage people to use the three-thirds discipleship process for how they study the Bible together, so how they structure their gatherings. Um, and... The reason we encourage people to do that is because in the past, I used to write the best cell notes in the world. The best. They were online, they were detailed, there were sort of eight questions there, they were carefully thought out. People from all over the world used to download them from our website. It was amazing. And guess what I was doing? I was breeding dependency. 
I was communicating that you can only study the Bible if you've got somebody who's written some really expert questions. And now, if people have got this, and please don't think that our church in any way has got this. You know, we are on the journey, but we've got a long way to go, so I'm not presenting a perfect picture. But if they get it from their times together in their missional communities, they then get how to read the Bible with somebody who they're sharing faith with, how to share a story with them. And we're, we're seeking to train our missional community leaders at the beginning of that. How, how are you section to do accountability on mission? And then at the end, what are you going to do about it um, to, to really give people an encouragement to, uh, to go and do stuff and actually practice the stuff? Again, it's hit and miss within our mission communities, but we are seeing change. And people are leading people to faith. Uh, we're baptizing them in missional communities. And, uh, and so we're just beginning to see the first fruits of, of the investment, but it's taken a long time. This has been a five-year journey, structuring a community around mission, and then training, and then giving repeat training, and then giving opportunities for practice and experience. I think that um, a couple other things on Sundays that you can do, so testimony is really powerful that you, you encourage people. When you get a story, celebrate it. That's what we've been doing this morning. Let people give testimony for how they've done this. Uh, particularly, we do that in our missional communities, but also on a Sunday. Another great thing that I, I made up, I haven't found anybody else that does this, but every now and again we say to people, get your smartphone out in a service, and uh, you're going to send a text to one of your people of peace. And uh, that text could be, I was thinking of you, and I wondered how you were. As low level as that. I was thinking of you and I was wondering, what could I pray for you? And uh, I was praying for you and I really felt that God was saying this or that I'd love to meet up and talk a little bit more about faith with you. And you, they get a choice as to which kind of message they send, but I'm sure lots of people just pretend to press their buttons on their phone. <laughs> but we, we say, everybody turn to text now. And I tell you, every time we've done it, it has led to somebody coming to faith. Every, every, now, that's out of a, a few hundred people, but every time, just initiating, we're going to make contact with a person of peace and say something spiritual to them or show that we care for them. So you can do stuff on a Sunday. You can do stuff structurally within your missional communities. And you can do stuff where you train and you give opportunities to practice that uh, and, to, and to begin to, to turn that around. Now, I think that where we are now as missional communities is we, uh, we've got a lot of knowledge and we've got some experience and we've got some stories. Uh, but actually, we now need to give the push that actually this is everyone. This is not just the early adopters. So you know the bell curve, don't you? That you get the pioneers, the early adopters, and then, then the conservatives. And uh, we, we will have the pioneers who will go and do anything. And you can get them in a small group doing mission on the streets really easily. And uh, the trouble is, is that everybody who's in the conservative bracket just knows they're the pioneers and they're the nutters. And so we're not doing anything they do. <laughs> the key that you want is you want the early adopters. Because if they say yes and they begin to do it, then the Conservatives go, okay, if they're doing that, then, then maybe I could do that. And when they tell a story, they go, okay, if they did that, then I could do that. 
And we've really seen that begin to change as well, that we're beginning to break into that. But we're, we're going we're gonna to do a push in this, this autumn where we're going to uh, say that in our mission communities, we're going to train a couple of times. We are now able to do the training as a result of Steve and Michelle having trained us, and that's the model of how training gets multiplied. That's what we want, we want you to do, not just to do it yourself, but to take the model of training and go and do that. Now you've got a model of that. And try to say to everybody, this is everybody. In your churches, the other thing you have to break is the culture that it's the minister or the anointed few that do this stuff. This is about mobilizing the whole people of God. Um, on one occasion, I, I cut out 200 uh, bits of cardboard and uh, in my evening service, I ordained everybody uh, in my church. Um, I, I, I gave them all a dog collar and, uh, uh, and I, I, re I read through the Church of England ordination service. They gave all the responses. I then ordained them and I then said, of course, you're not really ordained. <laughs> um, but I did it to say, we're all anointed, we're all called, we're all commissioned, we're all priests, we're all um, ministers in the Lord. And this is, this is something we're all called to do, regardless of personality, regardless of gifting. And, and so we, we have to break down some of the barriers and the excuses. I want to say one final thing before I hand over to Russell, and that is, for me, um, I, we're, we're using um, the, the, the door knocking and, the, and the, the going out onto the streets in lots of ways as a practice to get people going. Um, we, we need to, I think, at Holy Trinity, still form a group of people for whom this is their calling to go and do that. But I think the vast majority of people, what I want them to do is they are amongst non-Christians all the time. And I'm, I'm wanting to, to, to train people how to use these tools in long-term relationships in which you systematically pray people through and take them through steps to faith using the tools that you've got. And if you're in those long-term relationships then you are needing the leading and the guiding of the Holy Spirit as to how to do this. But my challenge to you is, is that I honestly think that you can go and ask some of the questions we've taught you without any fear. You don't need the prompting of the Spirit to do it. You have to be intentional. And being intentional out of this training is the key. So you can say to any of your friends, do you know, I realize I've never told you the story of how I came to faith. Would you, would you mind if I told that to you now? They will all say yes. Because they're your friend. It will feel incredibly awkward because you have not been in that pattern of relationship with them. And the only reason you are not going to do that is because you feel the pressure of breaking the relational pattern. But friends, if you don't break the relational pattern, then they will never come to faith. I'm not saying that God can't do that, but in the way that we're talking. You have to break the relational pattern in a systematic way, in a long-term friendship, be intentional, allow the Spirit to guide you, and decide, now what Lord could I share next? I said to Frances um, that what she needs to do now is to say to the Lord, which story of hope in the Gospels would connect best with my nutritionist? I'm now going to go and learn that story of hope, and when I next have my nutritional appointment, I'm going to share that with her, because I've been praying and allowing the Lord to lead me. And praying for them day by day and then being intentional and saying, okay, I'm going to do this. And when you get 
a response from that person. You're using the traffic lights that Michelle talked about. And you're going, okay, so that's Amber. I'm going to pray a bit more and then see a little later along what I could do next to prompt and see what would happen. Red, okay, I'm going to leave it for a while. I'm going to pray. Green, okay, what next? And it may not be a tool that you use. It may be that you feel the Lord leads you to give them a book or um, or. or yeah, or a CD, or pray for them, or invite them to an event. And, and I think that in long-term relationships, changing the culture of the church, uh, we have to learn how to build between the personal and the, and the events of the church. But one of the things we have to break in our culture is we have to break the evangelism is just invitation. It's you come to me. Luke 10 is you go to them. We have to break that culture. You have to take the initiative. And you have to learn in that relationship what to do next, using the tools, using other materials, but not holding back from what you think the next step is, which is, let me share the gospel. Let me tell you about that. Let me ask you, is there anything that would stop you from saying yes to Jesus today? Um, Offering to meet up with them, saying, can I share the Bible stories with you? So that's my little sort of picture of how you can begin to transition the culture of a church and how you can use these tools in long-term relationships and to equip people in those contexts in their workplaces and in their friendships. I'm going to hand over uh, to Russell now who's going to talk about how you do that. Thanks John. I think I'd have loved to have heard that talk about four years ago. That would have helped me a lot. That's brilliant what he's just shared there. So I'm from Russell. I'm from Essex. Um, I've been a believer for about 45 years. I know I don't look that old, but it's true. And um, I've been in church leadership for more than 30 years in sort of varying degrees of responsibility. Um, And I've been a team leader of a church for the last 20 years. I share that with you because I want you to know that I'm rubbish at this stuff. I'm, I'm useless at this sort of thing. But my wife and I have just got the sense in the last few years that time is short and something needs to shift and change in us. And business as usual just, just isn't enough. It's not going to do it, guys. So on Thursday, my wife and I were working from home. I finished just half an hour early and I went out the front to move the caravan because I just did some work on it so it's ready to go away. And one of our neighbours walked by. Um, She's about 45. I'll call her Sally. Sally walks by. She lives about four streets away. We don't see her very often. We've had two conversations with her in our life. We've lived there for 16 years. Um, But on this day, she stops. I say hello. We talk. She's nicely tanned. She's been on holiday. I'm getting the caravan ready. We compare. All that stuff. And then she just starts sharing. Oh, well, I'm really concerned about Ed, my partner. He's got a bad back, and he's going to have to have an operation in the autumn. I'm really nervous about that. I'm really upset about it. Then she says, it's just been one of those years, Russ. You know, my mum died at Christmas. I didn't realise that. I didn't know. So we're just talking. She talks quite a lot. So I listened, and then I just said, you know, look, Sally, could I pray for you? We're just a few minutes into the conversation, realistically. And she goes quiet. She sort of looks down and she holds her face. And then she looks at me and she says, So that's amazing. 
She said, no, no one's ever done that in all of my life. I said, what do you mean? Said, no one's ever offered to pray for me in all of my life. She said, like, Russ, she said, you don't know what that means. So I said, well, could I pray? Could I pray now? She said, yeah. So I said, I'll just pray for the things you've shared, for Ed, for, for your stresses and concerns. Yeah. So I just, we just stand there at the end of the drive and I just pray simple stuff, no funny stuff, you know, just simple, straightforward, understandable, power of God. And she looks up and there are tears just rolling down her face and she grabs hold of me and gives me a hug and I feel awkward <laughs> and, you know, we're in the middle of the street and like... And, and then we just, we just finish off our conversation. We're off to the gym. She wants to get home to Ed. So we just say, you know, perhaps we'll meet again and just share some more. She says, yeah, we'll come up and we'll compare notes on the caravan as well. They've got a caravan. So, so that was Thursday. So this stuff works, just that early offer of prayer. And we just try and do that consistently, whatever people share with you. You know, I was thinking about you today. Could I, could I pray for you? Let me share another story. We're two weeks ago. I'm just sitting down with some of our guys. It's a Wednesday morning. We're doing three-thirds discipleship together. We're just practicing. We're modeling what it means to make disciples, but it's meaningful for us as well. We're, we're encouraging. We're praying. We're holding each other to account, and it's working. It's great. And, um, uh, and we, we just have, we have lunch together, and then we say, well, let's head out for an hour. So three of us just head down through the estate, under the underpass, into the park, through the town. And we just say, we're just going to stop and talk to people. We're just going to offer prayer. So we were out, three guys, Wednesday afternoon for an hour. We offered to pray for eight men between the age of 16 and 30. Men everywhere. How many of those eight men said yes to us offering prayer? All eight. Exactly. And we're finding that it's not 9 out of 10 people say yes to prayer. It's mostly 10 out of 10 people say yes to prayer. So of those, of those eight, four, we move quite quickly to the three circles with strangers. We just like, it's just instinctive. Just move to the gospel and let the gospel do its work. So we move quite quickly to the three circles. Could we share something with you? Four said yes. We sit with a couple of skater guys at the skate park. They sit around the table with us, and we do this stuff and talk about it. We're there for 10 minutes. It's amazing. Of the four guys we share the gospel with, two take up the invitation there and then to turn their lives over and follow Jesus. Just like that. Yeah, we're ready to turn and believe. We swap phone numbers. They want us to follow through. They want to start learning to follow Jesus. I wish I could say they've joined our church or our community or we've met with them since then. We've tried. That's the hard bit. Uh, that's challenging. But guys, we're never going to get there if we don't start here. So, so that's just the last couple of weeks. Then I have a friend. His name is Ambrose, and Ambrose leads a church in the next town. He's an awesome guy. And uh, I'm sitting with him just a week before last, and we're talking about this stuff. And he's a practitioner. He's out doing this as well. 
So I say to him, how many times have you done the training, Ambrose? He says, oh, I've done it four times, Russ. Four, week, four following and fishing weekends. But he said, Russ, you've got to come back and do some more. You've got to come back and do some more. And that's what we're learning. We're learning that people need a number of touches of training in order to shift the culture, as John's been explaining, in order to shift the patterns and the practices and the mindsets. Even I need reminding of this stuff. You know, and I'm training in it. And I need reminding. So we sit with Ambrose and he says, Russ, you know, we've got to keep coming to the church. You've got to keep coming. We've got to keep training. I need to hear this stuff again. So here's a guy, he says to me, I said, what's happened in your church? They're a church of about 50 a year ago. He said, Russ, we're about 80, 90 now. I said, how did that happen? He said, Russ, we just started sharing. We just started making disciples. And he said, either people, Christians are joining us because that's what they want, or people are turning to faith in Christ and something is shifting. So we're in his church building. He says, look, he says, look up on the wall. So we look up on the wall. He says, there's our seven values. So we read the seven values. Repent and believe. Be baptised. Learn to give. Learn to pray. Learn to celebrate communion. Learn to make disciples. And they've got the seven commands. He said, this is what we do, Russ, as a church. But can you please keep coming and training us? So this is what we're, we're doing with churches that we train with. We call this three touches. Okay, so touch one is a training event. And uh, I guess these guys have talked about that. We call that following and fishing. We're training people to follow Jesus and to learn to fish for people using some of the skills that you've heard about this week. And we'll typically do that over a Friday evening, a couple of hours, and then most of the day Saturday, middle of the day Saturday, people are ready for lunch, but they've also had enough training to start going out and sharing. So it's not an arm-up-the-back job. We don't force people, but we just invite people to go and grab lunch and go and put into practice the training that you've had so far. Now, some people will only go and pray and prayer walk, but you know, every time we do this, people come back with amazing stories, even of people turning to faith in Christ within a few hours of training. So we'll do a training event following and fishing, and we'll move around the diamond from connect to share to train new disciples, and that's what we focus on with that, and that's really, really good. But what we're really looking for out of that first training event is this. It's a great sort of, somebody described it as an on-ramp. This, the training is something everybody can access and everybody in your church would learn something that would help and would do them good, as John's been describing. But what we're looking for, we're always looking for like maybe four or five people, maybe ten people who really, they're champing at the bit. They're ready to say, this sounds like something that God is in and I want to give some time to and I want to begin to learn this and practice it and do this and change the culture. And so we're looking to create groups out of that. And those groups, they may be small, they may just be three or four people, maybe five to ten people in your church or maybe, maybe just a collaboration of churches just five or ten people who say, 
Well, we'll start meeting, and they're meeting for two reasons. They're going to disciple using that three-thirds process that John has talked about with the Discovery Bible Study. And they're just going to take each other through that. They're going to use it to disciple each other, but to encourage and train each other and model what it means to make disciples. And then we're going to look for them to be out in the harvest. So we're going to look for that group to meet and disciple but also to intentionally find a way, maybe once a week, just for an hour, like I've described, like John's described, maybe a couple of, couple of hours a month to head out and say, let's, let's go into town and do this. Let's do this on the housing estate. Let's head down the park, down the skate ramp, or you know, the cafe, or whatever it is. So that's what we're looking to do. Then a few months later, now for those groups, sorry... If you're close, we'll come and help kickstart them. We'll send a team member and they'll come, maybe the first couple of times, and just work with you and model that and help that to get going. If you're far away, we'll just Skype in with the leaders. So if you've got a couple of leaders, we'll Skype in with them, we'll train them, and then they'll take the group through. So that's what we're doing. Um, A few months later, we're going to come back and do another training event. It's a repeat. It's the same stuff. Because, as we've said, we're finding people need to just repeat. They need to build some confidence and some competence. So just hearing the stuff again. And if you've been out practicing, you know, you'll, you'll hit some walls and just think, oh, I don't know how to get through this. Or you'll find opportunities and think, oh, gosh, I don't know what to do next. This is taking off. And so just going through the training again just helps people. So it helps your practitioners, but you'll find new people that just want to get on this training ramp. And uh, that really works. And then again, we're looking to create groups. And those groups will just help build momentum in your context, in your setting. They'll take the mission forward and begin to live this stuff out. And then again, a few months later, we're going to come back and do another training event. And we're going to be looking for groups. And we're really looking to build and train up leadership through those groups. So people are really learning to lead, learning to make disciples. And we're finding that this is what works with churches. Church leaders say to us, well, you know, Russ, you know, we, a few years ago we had you know, a team in from here and they came in for a weekend and it was amazing and then we've not heard from them for two years. You know, that one-off stuff, it, it, you'd maybe pick up some things, but it won't build movement. It won't change the culture and shift something in a church. Now, we're going to run something alongside that for you. I don't know if these guys have mentioned it this week. So we maul things. M-A-W-L. We're going to maul this. M A W and then down the end there L. So when we come and do the first training event from you, with you, we're going to come in as a team and we're going to model the training. We're going to do 100% of the training and you're going, to, you're going to watch and participate and take part and learn. 
And so we're modelling the training for you. But then when we come back for the second touch of training, what we're really looking to do, we're looking to build leadership with you and find practitioners. So what we're going to work towards is assisting. So we want to move to that next training event with some of your guys who are ready to train. So we're looking at doing 50-50. So there might be a couple of us and a couple... Ah, oh, sorry, sorry. 50-50. Um, well spotted, my deliberate mistake. Um, so there might be a couple of us, but we're going to look to include your guys in the delivery of the training. Not just the stories, but the delivery of the training. Then when we come back a third time, we're building movement and momentum and things are beginning to happen. And we're going to move towards 0% from us and 100% for your team, for the leaders we're raising up in your local church. So we're going to come and watch, offer encouragement and support, but really your guys are going to be delivering the training. So we're looking to raise up leadership for you guys so that what you're left with is people that know how to make disciples. They know how to get out and share in the harvest. And you're left with a team who know how to train others. Train others in your church and keep the momentum growing. Maybe train other churches and start impacting your region, your, your town, your city, the whole area. And then finally, we leave and we leave you to it. Well, that's all we've got time for today. Thanks to our good friends at New Wine for making the audio available. If you'd like to get in touch with Russell Godwood or any of our team about training in Britain, you can uh, send us an email through the movements.net website. Thanks to everyone who's spread the good news about the podcast through Facebook or through an iTunes review. Uh, it really helps.